Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You are listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Nicole Ellis, a certified professional dog trainer, about her 15 years of experiences volunteering with her dog, Maggie. We'll discuss how therapy dog work fits into her goal of helping others to do more with their dogs, hear many stories about experiences that have stood out to her along their journey, including working with professionals for animal-assisted therapy and occupational therapy, and learn how she helps her clients know if therapy dog work is a good fit for them. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Nicole and Maggie. Hi. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Ellis, and these are my two dogs, Maggie and Rossi. Hi, Maggie and Rossi. I actually haven't seen you all in a while. It's good to see you. I know. Super good to see you. Hopefully, we'll see you at some Halloween event soon. I'm sure we will. Well, for those who don't know you, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your pups? Sure. I am a certified professional dog trainer. I'm a celebrity dog trainer. I work with celebrities and high-end families in Los Angeles. I'm also on Amazon's The Pack, where we traveled around the world with dogs competing in challenges similar to the amazing race but with dogs which is way better i've done therapy work for probably close to 15 years with my dog maggie back here lots of therapy stories and super excited to do this i also train therapy dogs service dogs and lots of basic obedience my main goal in training is to be able to do more with your dogs my dogs do everything with me That's from riding horses to even going camping and lots of other fun adventures. And so if we can get more to do more with their dogs, I think that's what the end goal is. I love that. I always see you doing the coolest things with your dog. So definitely (laughs) an expert on the subject. Yeah, there's definitely something for every dog, whether that's going to be therapy work or maybe you have a high-end dog that would rather be doing agility together. So I think finding that mix and having a well-trained dog that we can take into society or even nursing homes is a huge thing to work towards. I love it. And I love how you're always having such a positive, fun time with your dogs while you're training them. I remember recently you were sharing stories of Rossi looking for your sock in random tote bags and just seeing if he could find you. Yeah, Maggie, my older dog here, she's trained on my odor. They both do scent work. Rossi started at about eight weeks old on scent work training. Maggie started much later in life and struggled a little bit, but she did really good at learning my odor. And I actually lost my phone in Joshua Tree hiking. And she found it a mile into Joshua Tree for me. And I was like crying and my phone was gone while my baby photos of Rossi were gone. And the superhero here, I didn't think she'd be able to do it. And (laughs) she showed me. So, wow. I would have never even thought of that use case, but she totally saved the day for you. Oh, I didn't either. And I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. It's been out here now for 24 hours. So, and I'm just like, go find mommy. And then she like took off and I was like, oh, she found it. I hope you backed up Rossi's baby photos after yes. that too. Now we're very backed up. We're very prepared. Life lessons. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so funny. So Nicole, how did you first find out about the role of therapy dogs? I don't know even where I first heard of it. Maybe through my parents. My dad worked in mental health. So that might be why I think as I got more involved in dog world, I learned there's all these different things you could do with your dog. And I've been a big fan of volunteering. And one of my best friends and I did it a lot with our dogs. We tested our dogs together. And that just became a way her and I bonded more. 
And we have really amazing memories throughout the years of doing therapy dog work together. That's awesome. Did you become a dog trainer before you started doing therapy dog work? Or did you start doing a therapy dog work? And then that led to I really love doing more things with my dog. Let's become a dog trainer. I'd say they overlapped a bit. I was slightly dog training. And then I was like, let me see if I can train my dog to do this. Let's see if it's something she would enjoy, first of all. Yeah. From there, I did more with therapy work than I ever imagined. And not just like hospitals. And I can dig into that in a little bit. It became a way that really was enjoyable to me and enjoyable to my dog. She's not a dog that I do agility or that crazy high drive stuff. She really loved therapy work. and. There's, I think, different fits for it. And I was able to do it with a bunch of different friends throughout time, which is really amazing. That's awesome. Hi, Maggie. I love her hair. Her crazy hair. It's great. (laughs) I love it. You know, in Aladdin, Abu, when like the tower falls over on him in the snow and he sticks his head up, that's what she reminds me of right now. I love a good (laughs) Disney reference. Everyone says Einstein, so I much prefer. (laughs) (laughs) I would choose Abu over Einstein. (laughs) I was a Disney kid at heart. My grandfather drew for Disney back in the day. So cool. So yeah, I volunteered doing therapy work kind of all over the United States after I saw what a huge impact it was having. At the time, my grandmother was alive and was elderly. She was in a facility and she just loved when we brought the dogs. The facility allowed us to bring our well-behaved pet dogs. And from that, it was kind of eye-opening the difference it could make. And I think that goes across the spectrum of different ages, different people, like kids, adults, everything. And I recently was in the hospital, not recently, in 2020. And it was during COVID and we had no visitors of any kind. Family members can come. So that also meant there was no therapy dogs. And it was like the one time I'm in a hospital and I was like, ah, I just miss my dog. And I was there like two weeks. And like, Mm -hmm. I remember the person in my level, I was like, I just need to go home. And he's like, why? And I was like, I just really miss my dogs. And he's like, yeah, normally we have therapy dogs. And he's like, I know what a difference it makes. And I was like, oh, it just would have made so much. It was like my big goal to get home was to just to get home to my dogs. Yeah. So I can't imagine being there longer than I was and not having that ability. Yeah, definitely. What was it you saw in Maggie that made you decide to go down that path with her? She came alive when it came to do tricks and that kind of stuff. But otherwise, she really would like to just cuddle up with somebody and get pet by them. And it's funny because she's not a dog that really cuddles that much with me. (laughs) But we'd go to a nursing home and she would happily just lay there and let people talk to her and rub her. And she would love to do tricks and high fives. And that really connects to people. Yeah. And so I saw how excited she would get when we would do these visits. And that meant a lot to me. And I've had a few times where I've tied it into my own personal life. Starting with my friend and I used to volunteer at a camp for terminally ill children once a year. And it's a one week camp. And her and I would take our dogs there. I don't know how called Dream Street Foundation. That is amazing. We would do a performance with our dogs and all the kids would get to do a trick with the dogs. And we'd put on music and a whole show. And the kids each year would talk about us from the last year and what an impact it made from that previous year. And a lot of these kids don't have dogs at home and like how much it meant for them to take pictures and hug the dogs. And that always stuck with me. And for her and I, we became super close with a bunch of the kids and we would go back year after year. And I think that just stood out that a year later, so much has happened in these children's lives. And they would still talk about us visiting with our dogs last year. And then from there, ended up doing therapy visits at hospitals, nursing homes. I've done Safe House, which was a really interesting experience and not what a lot of people think of when they think of 
therapy dog work. It was different than I imagined myself. It was for children that escaped abuse, um, their mothers escaped abusive situations. Those kids grew up in a very different lifestyle than myself and most of us. And so I was a part of actually their therapy that they went to with a therapist versus me just visiting them and petting the dog and doing tricks. And okay. we would relate Maggie to their therapy. So, mm-hmm. okay, well, when Maggie's getting mad, she doesn't just bite somebody. How does she express yeah. she's mad? Okay, well, maybe she can growl or she could leave the room if she's not happy. And yeah. it was so unique that we could tie it in that way. And then mm-hmm. if they did good and they shared their feelings, they would get to pet her or high five her. And I just grew up surrounded by animals. I'm very privileged in that sense. That was not the case for most of them. So some of them be like, I want to kiss. And she would lick them with permission. And yeah. then they'd scream and they didn't know dogs licked. They thought they would kiss like we kiss. <laughs> Uh, like, and I was like, no, that's not how dogs kiss. <laughs> They've yeah. never experienced anything like that. It's just so eye-opening. I also, Maggie and I have flown to Nashville and we've performed and volunteers at Vanderbilt, Carol Monroe, which was an amazing experience. Their hospital's a bit different in that they have a full stage and it gets broadcast to every single room. So if kids can't get out of bed, they can still watch it. So yeah. there might be like three people sitting there, but really more came out and watched it. And then afterwards, a lot came down from their rooms to pet her or do high fives or ask questions, which was yeah. such an amazing facility. And I'm a huge fan of Vanderbilt for that. And then on a personal level, a good friend of mine had or has brain cancer and she wasn't supposed to make it. Luckily, she's still with us and is an amazing person. And so her mom and her were basically warning us all and getting ready. And she just kept telling me she missed her dog. She missed her dog and she's been in the hospital for weeks and she was in Vegas. So I emailed the hospital my insurance for therapy dog work, which if you're a therapy dog team, you're insured through them. The therapy company I was with Maggie allowed you to um, go to other places to volunteer, not just ones in their system, which can be a bit confusing if you've never done therapy work. So the hospital said they approved it, especially since she wasn't doing well. So I got on the next flight the next day with Maggie and we flew out to Vegas. Luckily, I have a small enough dog that she can travel easily. And we ended up spending a few days in the hospital with her and she ended up making it and she's doing great. But the doctors told me they've never seen her pain level so low as they were that day when we were there with the dog. And he's like, I'm a huge fan of therapy dogs. And it was just so much more personal than it's ever been. Obviously, I love the people we visit. But super interesting, the multiple facets from seniors who had pets. And we've had cases where we were at a senior center and somebody was telling me all about her previous dog and super sweet. And later the people there told me she hadn't talked in weeks. Just having that dog there just opened her up. It's just incredible. So I love stories like that. And I've been so lucky that so many of those have touched my heart. Yeah, it's wild because I've seen and read so many of these studies about the benefits of therapy dogs and everything. But still, when you told that story about how her pain levels were so low, I literally got chills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another funny one was not funny, but we were volunteering at um, Shriners and Shriners specializes in kids with um, cleft lip, spinal cord, spinal injuries or like orthopedic needing braces or things made for them. I don't know the proper words. And we would go to their actual rehab. And we would be there either when the kids are waiting to go in to get fitted for a prosthetic or we would actually go to their rehab. So we were part of that training, which is a little bit different. The kids were learning to walk with new prosthetics and it's a difficult, frustrating experience. So either we'd walk with them with the dog and then they're focusing on something different versus focusing on the struggle and how hard this is. Or then when they would get to the end, they would get to pet her and cuddle her or do a trick. 
And I think it gives you something so different, which when you're struggling, I know myself will get stuck in like a cycle of, mm-hmm. I can't do this. This is hurting. This is hard. Right. And I think that's such a different aspect of therapy work where everyone just thinks of it as we're at a hospital and we're petting a dog. And yeah. there's so many different worlds of therapy work. I mean, I think of it even a long time ago, I would train for a 5k with my best friend and I would hate running on my own. I've just always hated running on my own. I really only do 5k's to prove that I can do it. And then I stop. But she had a dog who just loved to run and her dog always looked so happy when she was running with us that I would forget how much I hated that I was running. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that. I love that too. Janie actually has a couple questions for you. One is where do you still volunteer if you still do? We do a few different places. We're not continuously volunteering, which a lot of places require that of you. We just actually volunteered at City of Hope Hospital, but for the doctors, which is a little bit different because they've been going through a tough time. So I put together a team of therapy dogs and we went there and the doctors got a break from their stressful days. I got to come pet the dogs and give them treats and give them love. Super cute. We had a big mixture of different dogs. So that was super fun. And then more random stuff. When I did Shriners, we did go every single week and they do have a commitment of how much you are there, which I think is a hard part of therapy dog work that is not discussed very much is that everybody, especially in Los Angeles, I find there's usually a requirement of how many monthly visits you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big commitment as a pet owner or someone who's working like I am. That's something I struggled with is I want to do this, but maybe one month I'm traveling. That makes therapy work a lot harder. So I say when you're looking into where you're going to do therapy work, that's something to consider and consider your schedule. And can we do this committed every single week? My schedule changes drastically. So it's a little more difficult for me. Yeah, I was talking to someone recently who they just couldn't meet the requirements for the monthly requirement, whatever it was. But I know there's other organizations where you only have to go like once every three months too. Yeah. So it's worth like comparing organizations and the tough part is some places only work with certain organizations so Shriners is right near my house and I wanted to volunteer there so I went with a company because they would only work with one company that's how a lot of children's hospitals are also I found so we did it until I couldn't keep up with it (laughs) which was more like I was working or doing something and then I was like okay, this isn't a fit. There's other ones that are a better fit for me and my lifestyle. So just something to look into when you're thinking about doing therapy work. And if you're really stuck on doing a place like I was, I was like, I want to go here. Then you can call them and say, do you work with a specific therapy dog organization? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Because if it doesn't fit with your lifestyle, you're going to burn out. They can be so rough about it where it's like you're one behind and then next month now I have like six to do. Okay, now I have eight to do. And now I'm like just stressed out about trying to do something good. Right. Janie was also curious what your future goals are for Maggie. Maggie's basically retired, so she gets to do whatever she wants all day, every day. (laughs) Rassi's currently competing in Fast Cat. He's done therapy work, so he'll probably do more therapy work. But goal-wise, just having fun with my dogs. I don't have pretty strict goals. I just like to continually grow and whether that's myself, but also my dogs so that we can do things. Rossi always has new behaviors to work on and improve on. So he's a very excited dog. But right now he's competing a fast cat and getting back into scent work, hopefully. Maggie can do whatever Maggie wants to do. Maggie just went camping. (laughs) She's living her best life. (laughs) How old is she now? She's almost 15. Oh, wow. And she hikes about two miles when we go hiking, unless it's straight uphill. So she's doing great for her age. I have an amazing care team of multiple veterinarians. So really lucky. But she's still super active, super fit, takes good care of her. Right? 
She's like, well, yeah. you prepared her for that, so. Yes, <laughs> long life of being overly cautious on things. <laughs> yeah, well, and just giving her the healthy training that she needs. Like, I know you're always yeah. so cautious about their fitness and nutrition and everything, so. Absolutely, and I think for senior dogs, a big part of it is not letting that stuff go. So she loves training still. So if she doesn't, I'm not going to ask her to do a handstand or something that's extreme <laughs> on her. Rossi can do all that stuff, but she absolutely loves it. And then I think a big thing for our senior dogs is going on sniffaris, which is allowing them just to sniff and take in the environment, which means yeah. our walks are a little bit slower because she's so busy sniffing. How old is Rossi, Janie? He is five. Are you five years old? Yeah. <laughs> but he'll look like a puppy forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. How old is Sunny? Sunny just turned three. Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah, she's a baby. Yeah, I think it's interesting how many people actually learn about therapy dog work through like somebody who actually experienced it versus wanting to do something. And I think a big part of it is understanding your dog and if it's going to be the right thing for your dog. Your dog needs to be okay with people petting them. So yeah. knowing your dog and knowing what stresses your dog out and what does your dog enjoy doing and love doing. Janie has a service dog, so she's asking if service dogs can volunteer. Yes, they can. And George loves to cuddle. So he'd be a great therapy dog. I know that that um, does vary with organization, though. So you yes. will want to check with the organization if they allow a service dog to volunteer. It's, and you'd have to check if the service dog organization allows it, too, because he is with an organization as well. Mm -hmm. And just knowing if your pet actually enjoys it. And then at some point, that might change, where yeah. at some point, your senior dog might not love being pet and cuddled by everybody and that's okay or it might be the opposite case where I have some clients that really want their dog to be a therapy dog or one of them's a really young really energetic standard poodle it's not the time maybe when he kettles down in like a year perfect yeah. and we can reevaluate then but knowing your dog and if they're going to be the right fit and if not there's a million other great sports out there you can do yeah, I think that's so key is just knowing there's so many good things you can do with your dog. So it's okay if therapy dog work isn't for them. There's something else out which there. Which is hard because everyone wants to volunteer and help, which is an amazing yeah. thing. But there's definitely more ways to volunteer. And then there's also more programs if your dog is the right fit. I know there's like reading programs for our Working Like a Dog book. We photographed Tom Tackett's in Orange County. He has a reading dog program where okay. the kids lay on the floor and they read to dogs. And they get to learn so much. And the kids, they say they're reading goes up over like 200% because the dogs don't judge them, which yeah. is a different kind of therapy versus us going to a hospital or going to a nursing home. So mm -hmm. if you have that right dog, you can see what you enjoy and your dog enjoys together. Yeah, definitely. You need to feel comfortable in that environment too, not just them. <laughs> yes, exactly. And if you're not comfortable in hospitals, it can be one of two things. It might be something that gives you a positive light on hospitals. I'm not a big hospital person, but I actually really enjoyed volunteering with my dog at the hospital. And then there's different protocols at every hospital. And that's really important. That's something they teach you as you go to the hospital, like where to grab a sheet from. And we change sheets on every bed and super hygiene and how our dogs are kept clean and things like that. So lots of different things we can do. Yeah. You mentioned that Maggie's retired now. What kind of let you know that she needed to step away from things a bit? Honestly, she would still do therapy work if I took her. <laughs> so <laughs> it's more my call of like okay. keeping her just having an easy, chill life. She still goes hiking and stuff. So she's still quite active. Yeah. I just don't have her doing like long days on set, especially. But she did do yeah. two grooming shows in 2020. But 
she gets groomed all the time. So she's used to that. And I know that's yeah. not going to be stressful. She is a senior dog who's going to have more arthritis and more joint issues. So they both do movie production work, but he can work 10, 12 hours on set, which most mm-hmm. of the time he's sitting in the crate, but it's mentally exhausting. It's physically exhausting. And we're doing the same repetition, whether that's running right. into a scene or jumping over stuff. And that repetition isn't something I'd want of her as she's getting arthritis and sure. getting sore joints and stuff. And while she can still go hiking, I super manage it with a sissy loops, chiropractic, like acupuncture. I mean, joint supplements. And it's more under my control. We're on a set. It could be the 20th take of running. And I can't be like, actually, she's kind of tired, which yeah. I could if the dog's tired, but this is a senior dog. So yeah. I need to look out for the best of her. And I think she's happy working at home where I can control the environment a little bit more. She looks happy. You're very happy. Nicole, is there any advice you have for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy dog team? Yes, I've seen Know Your Dog, which isn't very clear advice, I know. But Know Your Dog Stress Signals, which I think is a big thing that I see missed a lot, not just on people training for therapy dog work, but in all walks of life. I love the book by Lily Chin called Doggy Language that clearly, clearly breaks down dog stress signs. And take your dog to a park. Walk them around kids screaming. Is your dog excited and want to go play with them? Or is your dog stressed out? Probably don't volunteer with children. So know your dog and know those type of interactions. Is your dog stiff enough when people go to pet your dog? Maybe your dog doesn't love being pet by strangers. So these are things that are easily misunderstood. And then we push them and we push them. And that's not really fair. I have a client's dog who loves children. When he sees children, he gets on the, she gets on the floor and like belly crawls to them. And like not a trained behavior, but just super, super cute. So I think like knowing your pet and then starting training. I love teaching a relax on a mat, a settle, something we could do easily so that when they're, I have smaller dogs, if they're on a bed, I can quickly ask them to lay down on their specific mat or blanket and get that behavior. And I say, start simple, start trying to get your goal as a CGC and work your way up and be nice on yourself. I mean, therapy dog testing is not easy and it can be really stressful. I was super stressed when I did it and there's multiple levels of the testing. So if you mess up, like don't beat yourself up, don't beat your dog up, just say we had fun and how can we learn from this? And either that learning can be maybe therapy dog work isn't for us or cool, we have some things to work on. And I know I have a lot of things to work on. Rocky here has a lot of things to work on. Maggie, you're perfect. You're good. But (laughs) (laughs) definitely knowing your dog, know what loves them, what excites them. And I think the more we can understand them, the less we're going to have stress signs. We're going to have less aggression. We're going to have less frustration. We can give them more to their needs. And we want therapy work to be fun for both of us. And so that's a big part of it to me. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) And if people want to find you to continue following your journey, where can they find you, Nicole? I am. My website is Maggie and Nicole since Maggie started it all. And my Instagram is N.A. Ellis. I see. Do you have anything else to say? He's like, no. Can I tell secret? <laughs> I see. Secret. Oh, good boy. <laughs> He's like, trying hard here. And like, Rossi is just a dog who people come over. All he wants to do is cuddle. So this is the kind of dog where I'm like, you should do therapy dog work, which is funny because when we were, quick story, we were training for the pack. We had extra dogs to pick our final contestants for the show. So we had a big group. And one of the dogs, Bosley, which is owned by Mitra on the show, whenever we would do an exercise, it's a big group of people all sitting around waiting for their turn often. Bosley wouldn't work if people were looking at him because all he wanted to do was go up and get pet. That was like (laughs) his favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So especially when we first started, I'd have to tell everybody, 
okay, now nobody look at Bosley. If he looks at you, like, look away, because as soon as you make eye contact, he would just be like, I'm not going to do scent work. I'm going to come over. And then he would just come over and just, like, lean into the people. And everybody was like, you need to do therapy work with this yeah. dog. Like, yeah. you don't understand. This dog loves people. So seeing that connection, I think, to me, I'm like, you don't understand. You could change people's lives. <laughs> you need to volunteer. And yeah. I think that's such a perfect fit, because that is a dog that wants to cuddle that wants to be with people. And whenever we were done, he would just come lean into me. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, I didn't have my dog. So it was therapy for me and amazing. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was so great talking with you. I that was good talk talking forever, to you. Hopefully we inspire some more. Go <laughs> train some tricks. People in hospitals love tricks too. <laughs> and hopefully do some therapy work together. Awesome. Talk to you thank later. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for Bye. coming. Thanks Bye. for watching everybody. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.